0: Hey, welcome to part two of this episode of Danger Buffet. When we left off on part one, we were in the middle of a story about a chessboard and some rice. When the uh, the winner of the the chess game with an emperor, it asked for rice to be placed on the sixty four squares of the chessboard starting with one grain of rice on the first square, then two grains on the next, then four, and doubling on each subsequent square the grains of rice. And by the time they got halfway through the chessboard to the 32nd square, there are over 4 billion grains of rice. There's over half a million pounds of rice. And we were only halfway through the chessboard at that point. So I've been doing a little counting here between these two episodes. Um, what's going on here? And wait just a second. And so, what I, I have come up with is by the end of the, when we filled up the entire chessboard, We'll keep doubling it. The grains of rice on each subsequent square of the chessboard. When we've come to the 64th square, the the number of grains of rice in total is um, 18 quintillion, 446 quadrillion, 744 trillion, 73 billion, 709 million, 551 thousand. 615 grains of rice which is a lot of rice that's uh in case you didn't know that's enough rice to stretch from the earth to the nearest star Alpha Centauri if you lined up the grains end to end take you all the way to that star and back Another way of thinking that is it takes you to the star from Earth twice. Um, or, or you know, from Earth to the star twice. which, Or you can do a round trip. Two one-ways or one round trip. Either way, it's a lot of rice. Another way to think about that amount of rice is if you took all the rice that is grown on the Earth in a year, then... Um, then in fifteen hundred years taking all that rice, then you would have have the amount that you would need to to cover that chessboard. So it's a lot. Let's just say it's a lot. And so when we left off the the king was had gotten up to thirty second square, the emperor went the king, um and he's starting to realize that it was more rice than he had bargained for, and so now by the by the sixty fourth square, he realizes that this was not the the smartest uh smartest offer that he's ever made. Maybe he shouldn't have been so quick to say, "Yeah, whatever you want, I'm the emperor i can I can swing it." he can't swing this one no but he tries to play it off okay in in my version of the story here what happens is he uh he says to the tricky chess player the the mathematician who beat him at the chess game and then won all this rice he says okay this is (laughs) it's a lot of rice you got me you got me but tell you what we're gonna do um there's a lot of there's a lot of land that's not being used to cultivate rice right now. You know, we'll dedicate the entire surface of the earth to that, and so we're gonna need some laborers, not me, So <laughs> I'm the emperor. I'm not gonna be out in the rice paddies myself, but I know a lot of little six-year-olds who need who need something to do six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, heck, maybe even the five-year-olds can get on it. We'll see how young we can get them out there in the rice paddies cultivating this rice so that you can get what you um, said you wanted. And we made a deal and I'm going to honor it um, by way of of forcing these these children and adults, you know, out into the rice paddies to produce this rice. I don't know what you need with all this rice. <laughs> what are you going to do with it? Are you going to stretch it to the nearest star? Because <laughs> you have enough to get there and back. Uh, one of my advisors told me that's that much. It's a lot. And so that's what they did. They um, They forced all these children to go grow rice. And after not too long, the children were smart enough to realize that there was no reason for anyone to have that much rice to begin with. um, And it just wasn't godly for them to be out cultivating all this rice when they should be playing and praising God and such, learning, eating uh, food besides rice. And so what these kids did was they got together and they went to the tricky chess player, mathematician, and uh, I said, hey, you don't need all this rice. There's no reason for us to be slaving our lives away in the rice paddies for no reason. And the chess player said, get your tiny little butts back into that field before I have you all killed for mutiny or insubordination or for whatever reason i make up just because i don't like the the smell of your little children's breaths get back out there and the kids went to the emperor too i said hey what what right did you have to you know force us out into the rice patties to pay for your ridiculous you know gambling debt that's not godly at all and you know i might be six year old Six years old, but i I understand that much. you know i'm not a complete idiot I know it's it's wrong for us as children and even for the adults to be out here doing this uh, this ridiculous task. the emperor said, well i'm a man of my word, and if that means that you' all have to slave away until you die for this ridiculous thing, well that's what it means so get back out there for I have you all slaughtered, and the kids um were able to enlist the aid of some of the smarter adults a few there were a few whose senses hadn't been so dulled by their lifetimes of drudgery that they um, they were able to see the light and see the truth. And they all got together and they packed that tricky chess player and the emperor onto a rocket ship. And uh, blasted him off into the sun. But uh, made sure that on that rocket ship that they had a a few big bags of rice, enough enough to keep them fed until they burned up in the heart of the sun. So that's that story. Mm, see, it has a happy ending this time. <clears throat> and there's. There's a reason, there's a few reasons I told that story. One, it's fun, I love to, I love to tell it because everyone should know it. For one thing, it, it illustrates an important point about exponential growth and doubling. And this kind of doubling, it occurs in nature, it occurs, uh, you see it in the exponential growth of computing power since the early part of last century. To give you an idea of what to expect with that and, and how, uh, how ridiculous the, the doubling is, how, uh, unexpected the results of it are. So it illustrates that. The story also reminds me of the parable of the mustard seed, which is where, uh, Jesus shows shows his disciples this tiny little mustard seed. He says it's the smallest seed. Uh, you know, it's very small, supposedly. And and how from that tiny little seed, one of the biggest trees in the whole garden grows, the, the mustard tree, and then birds come and enlighten its branches. And, uh, which in, in other parables the birds represent Satan I believe so, so that can maybe turn into a confusing parable if you try to, to read too much into it but, but one thing it illustrates is that surprising things can happen uh, naturally naturally even when we uh, we think we know what's going on, we might not know what the result of that will be. Man, it may be something we can't uh, imagine. Another thing that that story illustrates is is how supposedly uh, wise, competent, you know, very powerful people can be oblivious to patterns that will fundamentally change the world patterns that actually lead to the creation of a new world and it also illustrates how people can be greedy hoarders and here i'm talking about the the chess Tricky, the tricky chess player mathematician who wanted all this rice. It's more rice than you know, if he got it all at once. It would it would cover the entire earth, and there wouldn't be room for for any of us. We would all suffocate in rice, or we, you know, it, it wouldn't be healthy. It's not a real a real good situation, and so why did the tricky chess player want it, uh, um, because he, he craved power, and it, it gave him a little thrill to send all the kids and adults out into the, the fields to cultivate this rice for him, it made him feel like a big man, and, and that was the closest he could, uh, conceive of of a heaven for himself, of a paradise, when actually what he was creating was hell. Because even though he thought he was so tricky and smart, he's actually stupid, just like the, the emperor who thought he was so smart was stupid. And everyone who thought that the emperor was smart and competent were stupid to think that. And basically everybody is stupid is another thing you could gather from that story. Almost everybody, not me. There's a few people I know that aren't as well, but a lot of people are, and it's this is not a huge insult, it's just our condition, basically. Even when we think we understand something, a lot of times we don't, really don't. And sometimes our lack of understanding can be... So ungodly, it'd just be monstrous. So that's why I wanted to tell you the story, because it's it's really important to know it. It's it's more important to know that story than a lot of the stupid stories that that people know. So now you know it, if you didn't before, and so. <clears throat> Right now, there are people who would hoard. You know, maybe not just rice, maybe wealth, um, whatever, whatever we use to uh, to provide the basics of of life, and people who will hoard it so that some people don't have enough to live or, or to be happy to be educated and live fulfilling lives and how do they how do they get away with this how How are people allowed to hoard all this wealth for no reason they have no reason to have it uh, it doesn't make sense, and on any level, obviously, none of these people are wise enough or worthy enough to have have such wealth. And and the ones who would try to hoard it are the ones who are are least worthy to have it. But how do they do it? Well, one way is they they build weapons, you know, with which to uh, to threaten people. To protect their hordes their horde of rice. So, so that's why they create these nuclear weapons. Nuclear weapons. Other weapons. Guns and other kinds of bombs and horrible frightening nano weapons and drones and I could scare the pants off you just listing off all the the weapons and one time i heard that the uh that the technology that the military possesses is like 10 years ahead of, of what we have or something and and given the accelerating rate of technological change you know, which also follows the pattern of of doubling that I, the story describes maybe the the military isn't so far advanced in their technology as as they used to be but even if it's just a, a few years ahead uh, the weapons I have are just frightening and, and ridiculous it's ridiculous for, for a human to, to wield such things or to create such things and this brings me happily to my next prophecy prophecy so if you've listened to the podcast before you might have heard me prophesy that next winter I'm talking about North American winter um the winter of of 2021 2022 that all the godly people of the world are going to voluntarily self-quarantine and and then after 2 weeks and then after that the coronavirus and all its latest Mutations and any other disease that has a similar kind of a lifespan of the coronavirus, those are all gonna go away and magically disappear by science. So that was a happy prophecy. And now I'm gonna drop another prophecy on you. And this one is about weapons. And so this is after that voluntary self quarantine next winter. Well, this winter, this coming winter, a few months after that, say in the summertime, summer following, so that'd be summer of 2022, North American summer, all of the uh, nuclear weapons that can't be dismantled somehow. I don't even know if it's possible to dismantle these weapons safely. If there's any way to dispose of the the toxicity that you know, the weapons consist of, it, any remaining weapons uh, will be blasted into the sun in in a rocket. So that's that's a prophecy that. That you can, you can, you can check in on uh, about a year from now, and see right now if you're saying, "Oh, that's crazy. That's not going to happen." Well, then when you see it happen, then you'll you'll have a um, an understanding of something about me, about the world, about yourself, and about God. So I'm really happy to share that prophecy with you all the the weapons that can't be dismantled will be blasted into the sun all the guns <clears throat> will be melted down any other weapons you know, knives of course we'll keep you know useful knives like kitchen knives and things that aren't intended as weapons but like brass knuckles there's there's not going to be any of those in the kingdom of god which is what all of us godly people are are in the process of creating part of our work of loving god and glorifying god is manifesting god's kingdom and part of manifesting god's kingdom obviously is getting rid of all the the weapons because why would there be any in the kingdom of god and because god is so powerful that uh, that there's no need for for us to have weapons. Uh, so that's it in a nutshell. And some of you are are gun lovers, gun nuts. And so when I talk about melting down all the guns, and there not being any guns, not a single gun left on this planet, except maybe in a museum, and maybe we could have one of um, those—it's called dioramas. Those those full-size, life-size dioramas that you see in museums sometimes that show like prehistoric people, people from the past, the old times and and since uh since since most of the guns that people have uh, are, are used for horrible things if, if they're used then maybe the diorama could show someone, you know, committing suicide with their gun you know, behind a big plate of glass and then people could go, "Oh, that's how people used to live." And it'll be uh educational but so these all The gun nuts out there I doubt there are any listening to this podcast Because It probably doesn't appeal too much But it might So if, if you're a gun nut I just want you to know that I'm not talking about separating you from your guns I'm not About that if You love your guns You have your guns Keep your guns You don't have to melt down your guns that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that that come next summer there won't be any guns here on this planet where I am. So if you want to have your gun, then you will have to blast yourself off somewhere else. It doesn't have to be into the sun. Maybe you want to go to Mars and colonize Mars with your guns. You know, And if you want to take nuclear weapons too, you can do that. Take them to Mars. Uh, take them wherever you want that's not here. All right, so that's just a little reassurance. You're welcome to your guns, but um, if you're ungodly, you're definitely not welcome to the kingdom of God here on this planet. But, you know, with your guns and your rockets, you go and make whatever you you would make, which I would define as hell. Um, in fact, if if my two choices were to be on a a rocket or a a distant planet with a bunch of gun nuts, ungodly gun nuts, or to be blasted into the sun, I would prefer to be blasted into the sun. That would seem like the the lesser of the two hells, the the less um, hellish of the two hells. But fortunately, I have more than those two options, and I, I'm gonna choose to love God and worship God and do God's work and and stay here and and enjoy God's kingdom, which I encourage all of y'all to do because that's what makes sense. Uh, but you know, if you really love Satan that much, then then you, you do have a choice. We all have a choice. So, um, that's a choice that that some of y'all will will have to make um, within, you know, about a year. For those of you who are thinking about taking your guns somewhere else, maybe you want to go harvest the gases of Uranus. Yeah, that's a silly little pun. <clears throat> Do y'all hear this, this squeaking? That's uh, it's my lungs. But it's, it's just a temporary thing. So, in the first part of this, uh, this episode, I answered some questions that were posed to me by what seemed to be an elementary school child questions were, what is the end? Why do we exist? Why are we here? Why? And I answered those briefly, but again, the answer, what is the end? Well, God is the Alpha and the Omega. It means the beginning and the end. God is the end. And for us, our understanding of God at the end is is basking in God's kingdom a.k.a. heaven, a.k.a. paradise. That's what God wants for us. God wants us to love him, and God wants us to feel his love and to be happy. And And then it's, uh, it's just a real nice, beautiful, ecstatic situation. And, and part of that of that end of god's kingdom is is blasting all the the nuclear weapons into the sun, melting down all the guns, sending all the gun nuts off to wherever they want to go uh as long as they don't want to you know here is not an option and uh That reminds me the all the talk of, of paradise and God's kingdom and heaven it reminds me of something that my prophetess girl told me back in twenty seventeen. She told me that she's waiting for her cut flower moment. And I, I said, What's what's that? And she said it's and I'm, I'm trying to reconstruct this. I'm not. I'm not quoting her, but basically, it's the moment when when the work that she has to do, she's completed it, and that she's rewarded for it with um, cut flowers. Um, and I I think of that when I think of god's kingdom and heaven and paradise it's i think of the cut flower moment as the moment when when the work that i have to do for god is uh it it no longer seems like work at all it's it's just basking in heaven and enjoying paradise and reveling in god's kingdom and for me if if i had made up a term for it instead of cut flour moment i might have called it my sliced pizza moment it's my time when i've i've finished the the main work that i have to do and then i get rewarded for it and then all i have to do is enjoy that pizza and smell it and taste it and Eat it, uh, eat it up, and enjoy it. And never-ending pizza. Mm, which, that's just my heaven. That's not, you know, everyone can have their own, their own heaven. Um, But but here in Parasau, so that won't include any weapons. Again, just to make that absolutely clear, in case you didn't get that, when I was talking about blasting them all into the sun. So. With that in mind. I I would now like to ask God. Since I'm thinking about it. And, and I think it's God's will for me to do this. Since I've basically completed this podcast now. Which is part of God's work for me. I'm curious I'm wondering God please let me know know your will and please let me understand your will and and please uh, tell me if if I've fulfilled enough of your work for me to have my cut flower moment my sliced pizza moment, in other words, if, if I fulfilled enough of your work for, for me so that my honeymoon can properly begin now, It's another way I think about my sliced pizza moment and my cut flower moment is, is the moment when my honeymoon properly begins, which is what I'm waiting for. God, if, if that moment is now because I just finished this podcast, then please let this coin come up heads when I toss it and if I haven't yet done enough of your work for me to have my cut flower moment my sliced pizza moment for my honeymoon to properly begin then please let the coin come up tails when I toss it just so I'll know okay amen So I'm tossing it's heads <laughs> it's heads <laughs> thank you, God. Well, on that note, it is time for a danger dance party with all my audience here. It's going to start dancing, 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 dancing. We're dancing for God. Thank y'all for being here at this podcast. Thanks for being so godly, for loving God and worshiping God, and for dancing, and and even though i have reached my my sliced pizza moment and my cut flower moment and and the proper commencement of my honeymoon i'm still going to do some podcasts sometimes so i hope y'all come back and listen to those and enjoy them i hope you'll check out some of those books and games that i recommended and i hope y'all have a wonderful day and and night and And I hope you have a wonderful experience in God's kingdom. And bye.